Hello, everyone. This is Aurus J. Sanchez here with Converse with Anyone, Anywhere. And I'm also here with my co-host, Aliza Abramson. Guys, we are super excited today because we have, how do I say this? We have one of the top 30 best body language experts in the entire world on earth, guys. Right here on this podcast episode, she is extremely famous. She's been on many different TV shows. And today... Uh, she is here with us, and we, we have so many questions for her. Uh, her name is Blanca Cobb, and today the big topic that we'll be speaking about is about lying and so much more. Blanca, how are you? Good. How are you? We are happy for you to be here. We are super excited. Uh, how was your day today? A fantastic day, thank you. Absolutely right. fantastic. Awesome, awesome. So let's just grow, uh, let's just get right into it. So, um... <laughs> So the first question I want to ask you is actually... Actually, Blanca, do you mind if we start off with a little bit of your history? Like, how did you come to be the body language expert that everyone wants to go to? How did that happen? You know, that's a really interesting question. So I'll tell you how I came to be. And uh, it's a little... I don't know. When people ask, I always stump because it is part of my history, but it's just never really easy for me to talk about. When I was a little girl, I was abused. And oh, wow. when I was little, I would try to figure out like when I was going to get beat again or when I was going to get hit again. And I would start looking for signs. Now, as an adult, looking back on my life, I was able to figure out what in the world I was doing as a little girl. But essentially what I was doing was like looking for like hand movements or listening for changes in voice. I mean, even footstep. I mean, there's a difference. And when somebody is happy, a happy footstep versus a menacing, you know, angry, fast, hard, pounding type of footstep. I mean, those are the types of things that I was always looking for, or listening for when I was a little girl, trying to figure out what was going to happen. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like that would definitely teach you. Yeah, so that's what, and it's no different than what you would do now or at any time of your life, right? I mean, you you don't need a body language expert. You don't need to be a body language expert to figure out when somebody doesn't have good intentions and they're coming at you and have this very mean look on their face or they're foaming at the mouth or their, their <laughs> eyes are glaring or their fist or, or they have their hands are balled in fist. I mean, you, you don't need to be that. But when you're little and you're constantly paying attention to these types of things, and sometimes it isn't very obvious. Mm-hmm. That's what I was putting together. And again, I didn't realize it at the time. And then just going through my childhood and adolescence and then studying psychology as an adult and then or graduate school and undergrad and, and also studying with some other body language experts in the field. That's just how I came to be. Wow, that's super interesting. Okay, um, well, how do you use body language now um, like in your everyday life? You use, I use, if you're asking me specifically, I use body language every day to connect with people, to understand people. A lot of times people don't want to tell you what they're thinking, but they'll show you in their actions. They'll show you in their behaviors. They'll show you in their facial expressions. They'll show you in their tone of voice. Mm -hmm. And that helps me understand somebody whether they want to talk, whether they don't want to talk, whether they're friendly, whether they're not friendly, whether they're angry, whether they're not angry. So get some hints into into somebody. 
and it helps you understand people. The big thing about body language is it helps you understand and connect to other people, but it also helps you understand yourself and your own triggers if you're paying attention. A lot of times, so people are so focused on the other person, they don't realize that you bring something to that conversation also. You bring something into that interaction. So it's an ebb, it's an ebb and flow in the interaction. Mm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, today we actually wanted to focus a little bit for our audience on how to detect when people are lying. So I think um, Aldous actually came up with a couple of questions that he wanted to ask you. you yeah, take it away? yeah, because um, it's so interesting because when people hear the uh, when people hear body language expert or they hear someone in your niche, right? I've noticed that a lot of times people always want to know, okay, what do what do I have to look out for, or how do I know when someone's lying? Because you know, sadly, everyone lies all the time at one point or another, either smaller lies or bigger lies, either at work or at, in the family or with spouses or whatever the case is. And everyone has like their inner guard up. Everyone wants to make sure that they're not being like tricked or scammed or just lied to, basically, because no one likes to feel that. So the so the first sure. one I want to ask you, Blanca, is um, in your professional uh, advice and opinion and what you've seen, what are some immediate signs that, may, that that could tell me or tell someone that they're lying to me or maybe that something's up? Like what what should I look out for? Well, to let you know that something is up is to when there's a change in somebody's baseline behavior. So what that means is, is when you're talking to somebody, you have to figure out what's normal for them, what's typical for them. Are they a fast talker, a slow talker? When you ask them a question that requires them to think, do they do? Do they look up? Do they look down? <clears throat> what is it that they do? Uh, do they use their hands? Are they animated? This is really important information because it's when there's a change in that baseline behavior. That's your aha moment. But here's the deal. You don't know what's causing that change. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful that you don't mind read. And a lot of times people will mind read. And that gets them into trouble. So that's how you know when something is up. And when it comes to when it comes to lying, it's not as easy as people think it is in terms of figuring out if somebody's lying. If it were if it were really that easy, look at it this way. We wouldn't have Innocence Project. Why? Because only guilty people would get convicted and sent to jail. But there's mm-hmm. so many, so many innocent people that end up in jail for a crime that they didn't commit. So it isn't as easy as people think. However, if you really pay attention to somebody and you pay attention to their words, pay attention to their body language, you can get a hint that something is off and that's where questions come in so you can't mind read but you can ask clarifying questions and see if somebody's holding back information or twisting or turning that information because they don't want you to know what's going on okay you mentioned mind reading what are some signs that people are mind reading because i think like from what you're telling me it sounds like where you're assuming that the reason for their actions is something else but like, what are some ways that like people can pick up if they're not necessarily so self-aware as to notice when they're adding their own biases and their own information? How would you recommend someone, um, kind of like a like a checking system uh, to make sure that you're not mind reading? Exactly. You have to pay attention to the person. So when you're asking questions, pay attention to how they respond. Are they engaged? Are they leaning in? Are they listening? Are they blinking? Are they turning their face? Are they turning their shoulders subtly? Are they pulling back? 
that lets you know what's going on for them at that moment. So body language is all about what's happening in that moment, not 20 years later, not five minutes later. So when there's there's an immediate response, you know, within five to eight seconds after a stimulus, after a question, after changing conversation, that you're going to see that change in body language, and that lets you know that whatever you're just talking about was a trigger point, was a hot spot for this person, and that's what you want to pay attention to. So. Uh, one way to get yourself into check is if you say, oh, I know why, why you don't seem to be into this conversation. It's because of X, Y, or Z. Pay attention to how that person responds to you. Mm -hmm. And if they're like, you're so off the planet, you're totally off base, but you have to make sure that their answer is consistent with their body language. That's how you know that you're stepping into a territory that where you're mind reading. So a lot of times, because people want to protect themselves, you make these assumptions but you can make false assumptions and then you know what happens as a result is that you end up destroying a perfectly healthy relationship mm. interesting so wait so 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 then let's say i want to maybe go through an example blanca so you could because you're saying you can't mind read but you can so you can use clarifying questions to see if maybe but the way they're responding is in tune with their body language so let's so let's uh can you give us an example of maybe some clarifying questions and seeing if their body language is in tune with their answers or not yeah you can say something like uh correct me if i'm wrong but i'm getting the impression of and you fill in the blank so because the thing about mind reading, see, that that's a really nice question. The reason it's nice, because you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, you're not making an assumption, right? Mm -hmm. And you're giving the person an out. You're giving the opportunity to explain what's going on for them. Mm. You, just have to be, you have to be very careful in, in how you talk to somebody, how you engage with somebody. You have to give them the opportunity to answer. And then when they're answering questions, you want to make sure it's consistent. So you also have to use common sense. And what that means is, is if you're saying, oh, like, where were you last night? And they're like, yeah, I was out with Charlie, and we went to the bar, and, uh, you know, and then we went home. Okay, well, there's some, there's some, there's some information missing. So you can ask them later on, you know, tell me about what you and Charlie did. Oh, we didn't go out, we stayed home. Well, wait a second. I thought you said earlier that you went out. So we pay attention and you give it some time, then you can go back and ask a question. You want to see if the answer is consistent. The problem with that is, or the loophole with there, is that a lot of times people feel like the answer needs to be word for word in order for it to be 100% accurate. And no, that's not how memory works. So as long as they get the crux of the information correct, mm -hmm. then it's consistent, I mean, then you, then you have some confidence in what they're saying. And, and when, when, when you say about body language, because I've read many books about body language, and they yeah. say that when, when you look at body language, you have to look at clusters, a bunch yeah. of signs together. You cannot just look at one thing. Can you touch a little bit upon that? Yeah. So what happens is is that we're not robots, right? So because yeah. you're not a robot, you're going to move. You're going to blink. You're going to cough. I don't know. You might tap your foot or move your arm. So one body language gesture in and of itself may not mean anything. So you look at clusters because you want two or more, and that gives you more information. That gives you more confidence in what you're seeing. So if you were to say, uh, let me come up with an example. If you were to say, well, where were you? Where did you and Charlie go last night? And then I turn my head away and I move my shoulder just a little bit. 
you know, up to indicate that I don't know, then it'd be like, wait, what a second. So there's two things. One, you give the shoulder shrug of I don't know, and then the head turn. That's disengaging. And so you're like, oh, she doesn't want to talk about this right now. Uh-huh. What she's saying isn't the complete answer. So that's what they're talking about or what we're talking about in, in the field when we talk about looking at clusters. Okay, okay, good. Okay, yeah, because what happened was that I told a bunch of my followers that we were going to have you on. So a lot of the questions uh, that people were sending in were very similar. So the next question actually is very interesting. It's, it, they, they asked, do lie detector techniques work only in certain environments or all, or all the principles apply in any situation? And your professional opinion. Wait, you have to explain that a little more. What is that? What do you mean? Do okay. all detector techniques work? So, basic, so basically, I think what, what they were trying to ask was, you know how there's some people who market themselves as a human lie detector, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of the techniques that these human lie detectors use and stuff like that, or, or like yourself, you know, you can tell if someone's lying or, so, or so, something's up. Do these techniques vary or do they change depending now on the environment that you find yourself in oh, i think i know what it means like um can you use one technique universally to check if someone's lying or does it have to be like case by case you use different techniques correct you use you use the same techniques but depending on what the issue is depending on what they're lying about then you might change what you're checking for example, um, we know that if people are, use, are, are talking about something in the past, they should be using past tense verbs, okay? They should be talking in the past tense. So if they start speaking in the present tense as they're describing something that happened in the past, then you know that they're creating the story because it didn't happen in the past. It should be past tense. So that's mm. one situation. But if you have a person who is using the past tense, but they're changing the pronoun. So they're, they're talking about they're married, they're with Mary, with Mary, and they were talking about her, 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 and then they talk about them. You're like, wait a second. How did you get from the plural her to them? So you're not going to ask about, you're not going to be examining the verb tenses. So it depends on what they present is my point. You see what mm. I'm saying? Okay. Well, could you, do you think you could like walk us through a scenario? Like, let's say you were checking to see if we're lying about a situation. Like, um, what's a good situation? Uh, let's say, uh, let's say you have an employee underneath you and you ask him, did you finish the paperwork last night? And did you, did you take my stapler? Cause I can't find it anymore as a quick example. Like, how would you go about figuring that out? All right. Well, you have two questions there. You need, when you're, when you're figuring out if someone's lying, you got to pick one before you move on to the other. So which one do you want to use first? Uh, let's say, uh, did, did you take my stapler? <laughs> For some reason, I just knew you were going to say that one. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I just had the suspicion that that's what you're going to use. Did you take my stapler? Well, problem number one, I don't like the question. You want to know why? Please because tell us. I'm going to give you a yes or no answer, and then what do you do with it? Okay. Okay. They're going to say yes, or they're going to say no. So if they go, Blanca, did you take my stapler? Nope. What are you gonna do with that? You got nowhere to go. You got absolutely nowhere to go. You got to take them at, at face value. If not, they're gonna be suspicious. Like, well, I keep asking about this stapler. Um, so instead, you might you might want to change your line of questioning and go. Uh, oh, now now I'm stumped because I'm on the spot here. Let me see. So instead of saying, "Did you take my stapler?" You say, um, 
something like, you know, I was using my stapler the other day, and I can't seem to find it. Uh, any idea where it might be? They're like, no, no, I, I, I don't know where it is. So you have to listen to that. So no, no, I don't know where it is. It's very different than now. I haven't seen it, right? Uh-huh. So you have to pay attention to what they're, what they're saying. And you could, you, then you could, you know, depending on the situation, so I'm just going to play here and just make something up and say, oh, well, you know, Chuck, I saw it on your desk the other day. Remember you borrowed it? Chuck would be like, no, I don't know what, you, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, yeah, yeah, remember we were working on this project and you were using my stapler. And Chuck might go, oh, yeah, yeah, now I remember. Well, you know what? I passed it on to Mary, so Mary might have it. So they send you on this wild goose chase. So you just have to pay attention. So when you ask a question, you want it, you want a question that's, that's going to allow them to give you an answer instead of a yes or no. Okay. And then you have to follow the trail. So, so depending on what they say, then... You you ask questions based on uh, based on that, and um, a, a good technique is that you can loop back around. So what that means is, like after some time, then you can go back. Like it could be an hour later, it could be the next day. Then you can bring up the stapler again and see if they give you this a similar answer, the same answer, and then you would have confidence in what they're saying that they really don't know where the stapler is. Uh, let me ask you, actually, because it sounds like you have a lot of experience and that you you know how to use these techniques very well. Um, based off of your experience, do you think that it's useful to actually catch people in their lies, or um, would you recommend a different approach? Because it sounds like, um, like, let's say we do use these approaches where we get people to kind of admit that they were lying. Like, it just kind of sounds like, what's the next step after that? So what would you recommend to use... Um, afterwards to either make the person feel comfortable again or to um, accomplish whatever you were doing like would you recommend catching them in the lie or going in a different route it depends on what your end game is so if, if you have if you have skin in the game and their answer is going to decide whether you're going to continue to work with them whether you're going to continue to be their friend whether you can continue to trust them they're really going to want that information, right? Because right. they're going to be like, oh, okay, <clears throat> you weren't being honest with me. You were really to take my stapler. And not only did you take my stapler, I have a suspicion that you also took my pencil and my eraser and you took my wallet. So that's some really good information there of why you don't want to hang out with this person anymore, right? Right. So then you don't really care if there's a confrontation and then... Exactly. You don't care. Right. But let's say it is, um, let's say it is your partner, mm-hmm. and you think your partner has some type of gambling problem, and they've been squandering money. But you really want to help them. Mm-hmm. What good would come out of if you embarrass them and say, "Aha! I caught you! I caught you in a lie." How right. How's that really going to help them? It's it probably won't. It'll probably cause a bigger confrontation. It's probably going to cause some denial and a bigger deal than what it needs to be. But if you use that information in order to help solve a problem, mm-hmm. then you don't need to call them out. Mm-hmm. And it's information for the sake of the problem, of finding. It's the same thing if you have a kid. If you, if you have a kid and, and you know they're texting and driving, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that they're going to make better choices next time. So sure, you might say, you know, I, I have this app that's on your phone or 
something in the, in the car, and I know that you were texting and driving, and they're like, okay, you got me, yes. So sure, a parent might argue and say, yeah, there has to be a consequence, sure. However, you need to educate your kid. You need to help your kid understand the repercussions of texting and driving because you don't want for them to do it again. So it just, again, it depends on what your end goal is or what's your, what's your end game in figuring out the lie. Because there are some people who want to find out the lie and then they do nothing with the information. If you think about people who want to find out if their partner is cheating, aha, I caught you! I caught you red-handed, Mog. And you know, they get all angry and then the next two weeks, they're back together and they're going, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what is the point of finding out that, that you lied, that they lied to you? That makes, that makes so much sense because... Yeah, it makes total sense. Like, what? what's the point of you learning these techniques or listening to this podcast if, let's say you're right, you found out the truth about him or her or at the job, and now what's next? And I, I, I love what you said. I love the the, power, uh, the part that you mentioned by uh, as a parent because you have kids yourself. Am, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I have two high schoolers. So you have two high school. Oh, so, oh wow. Oh, oh, so now, okay, so you, you know what I'm saying? Let, 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 let's go into this a little bit because actually a lot of people who listen to the podcast are also parents, believe it or not. So yeah. the fact that you have two high schoolers and, you know, every teenager, you know, the kid that's a teenager or that's going through puberty, one way or another lies to their parents, no matter how close they are to, to their parents, you know, because they want to avoid certain trouble. So when you see that your son or daughter is, like, going down the wrong path or, like, let's say, let's say Blanca, they're, like, um, maybe they're lying to you or they're hiding certain details, I, I, I'm guessing that you are are not trying to catch them on the lie. You're trying to teach them something and you go with a different approach. Am I right? Like, well, what is it that you do for all the parents out there so they can listen to you? Well, that's a, that's a really good question and it's not just one answer. So if it's, if it's something that um, they don't want to tell me, they don't want to tell me, and, and I know that they're hiding information, then I would have a conversation and say, look, okay, I know what you're telling me, However, <laughs> I, I believe something different because of X, Y, and Z. Uh-huh. And so, you, so I just call them out on it. Uh, but you do it, in, you do it in a nice way, right? And it's say, you know, this isn't good because of these reasons. It's not good. And um, this is what this is what you and I are going to talk about because this is what we need to. This is what you need to work on. Uh-huh. And, and that's one way of handling it. But there are some. There are other situations. For parents where they absolutely need to know because it can be an issue of life or death, right? If their kids mm-hmm. are drinking, kids are doing drugs, if their kids, uh, I don't know, skipping school and they're speeding or something, you know, they're, they're cutting class because they're, I don't know, they're doing some racing during lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be able to, to figure it out that way. But um, with kids, it can be, it's just like with anybody, it needs to be a little delicate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you don't want to alienate them. Because when you when you start alienating people, they're just you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna be like, you know what, I got you because I'm not gonna say another word to you. Mm-hmm. And then where then where are you? If, yeah, if you don't you don't get anywhere. You don't get anywhere. And if you're a parent and you know your kid's lying, then you just have to say, you know what, we're not gonna talk until you fess up. And I know but the thing is you have to be sure that they're lying. You need to have some evidence. Right, you you really need to know that they're lying, and sometimes it, it's a it's a it's a battle of the wills. Because some mm-hmm. kids look, some kids will lie just because they you think they think you're too nosy, and they just want you to back off. So it's not like they're doing anything sinister. 
It's like some parents are just in their kids' business too much. They want that privacy. The parents won't protect the privacy. Now, notice I'm saying privacy versus secrecy. They're not they're uh-huh. not protecting the privacy, and the kids are like, you know, I'm just going to lie. And they then they do it just just because they don't want to have to answer questions because it, and then it turns into an interrogation. Not because they're doing anything bad. So you, I mean, not look. In my opinion, not all lies are bad. Oh wow! Go into that more a little bit, please. Yeah, look. If you believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, you're you're a liar. Okay, come on, think about that. You you believe <laughs> you you believe in societal societal lies. Does that make you a bad person? No, absolutely not. But you cannot be in a relationship without lying. Are you going to, let me give you another example with kids. Are you going to tell your kid every single thing you have ever done wrong in your life when they ask you? Would you? Is it a need to know? Are you going to tell your partner every single hot person you've ever seen when you're out with them? No. What is that going to do for the relationship? Right? So, so lies you can't have a relationship without lying and then why do you want why do you want this verbal commentary or narrative of every single thought that your partner has or that your kid has or that your friend has right sometimes, it, sometimes it's just irrelevant you know what I'm saying mm-hmm I guess that's why a lot of times they say it's just better not to ask or just or just continue on to the next topic and just continue conversing about something else and avoid the topic because you're right if you hit on these trigger points, on these things that are, are irrelevant, it becomes an interrogation. And then people are like, I don't want to speak to this person because they asked me these questions and I don't want to ask them. And, but they're going to continue honing me down or like... It doesn't add anything to the relationship. It doesn't add anything to whatever the case is. No, then, then, it, then it turns into like this control thing or I got power over you or you're going to tell me the truth at all costs. And look, there's some things you just don't need to know. If it's something that's going to change the relationship that can either make or break the relationship, then sure, you should you should be honest. Or someone could challenge me and say, Blanca, come on, I don't want my partner to know, and I don't I'm, I don't lie, I never lie. Well, one, I would call baloney on that. And two, then look, then you can say, you can just tell your partner or your kid or whomever, you know what, it's a subject I just don't want to talk about. Okay, okay, good. Everyone who's listening, if you have any questions about this, please send it to Blanca's way. Uh, two more questions, Blanca. Yeah. Number one is uh, before before you promote yourself on, on this podcast, please, and I really mean promote all your programs or your books or your courses, whatever you have to do, please please yeah. do, do that. And also tell us where people can find you. But on top of that, what is – if someone wants to become a body language expert like yourself or learn more about techniques online, what are some sources that you can send people to so they can learn more on how to become a body language expert or learn more about line? Like what like, – what books, what courses should they take? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Well, one, you want to make sure you find a reputable body language expert or a lie detection expert. Okay, so not somebody who's picked up a book, read a book, and like now they identify themselves as an expert. You need somebody who has a lot of credibility. Um, and then there are a lot of great there are a lot of great books out there. Joe Navarro has some really good books. Alan Pease has some good books out there. Uh, Tanya Ryman does. Tracy Brown has a book out there. So these are um, reputable people, uh, experts in the field who have some have some good books, uh, good books out uh, out there. If people want to, people can study with me directly if they want. Um, that is always an option. 
but one thing that I tell people when you want to get started on this, turn off the tell. I mean, not turn off the television. Turn the volume down on the TV as you're watching a show and watch the body language. It will be amazing. When I do my training courses, and company, a lot of companies hire me, and I go in and I train their people. And that's what I do a lot of times. I will show them movie clips. And then I'm having them analyze the body language that they're seeing. And you can really get a sense of what's happening in that video clip. And then I turn around and, and, and then you hear it. You hear exactly what's happening. A lot of times when people really pay attention. Now, first I show you what you need to look for, what's relevant, what's not relevant when it comes to body language. So once you have that information and you watch these clips, then it's like, aha. And then you can do it with interviews. You know, people who are being interviewed. Uh, whether they're uh, police investigations that are on the television or celebrity interviews or politicians or athletes, whomever, if you do that and you really start paying attention, you'd be amazed at what you can pick up on. But you just have to know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. Okay, uh, okay that, that, was a, that, that was a great answer. So you give everyone a bunch of different sources where, where they can go. And now, Blanca, tell everyone where they can find you or contact you your website, everything. Just tell them now. Yeah, so I'm at BlancaCobb.com. So that's my website. You can send me an email at Blanca at BlancaCobb.com. Look at all social media from LinkedIn to Instagram to Facebook to Twitter. My handle is at BlancaCobb. That's how, that's how you find me. Um, I've got an email list. I am working on a couple of books right now. Um, one has to do with lying in romantic relationships. And that's wow. coming along pretty good, yeah. Because my premise is you can't have a relationship without lies. You, ju you just can't do it. Very interesting. And, and I don't think that lies are necessarily a bad thing. Now, mm -hmm. uh, there's diff there different types of lies. Right? We have social lies. We have white lies. Like, you really need to tell your partner that the roast beef that they made is the most awful thing that you've ever tried. <laughs> The face of your, I'm like, how is that really going to help your relationship, right? It's just, maybe they'll it's just, stop making the roast beef. Maybe they'll stop maybe, making that roast beef. Well, or maybe you can be creative and you make it together the next time, or you try a different uh -huh. recipe. So again, it's 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 what is your end game? Like, how is it going to help your relationship? That's what you have to think about. Now, no, I'm not sitting here promoting you should sit here and lie to your partner about the big things, you know, like whether you're involved with somebody else or whether you're squandering the family money or I don't know, whatever, whether you switch jobs or, or you're unemployed, but you leave every day and you come back at the end of the day pretending that you've been to work. Now, I'm not talking about those big lies. I'm mm -hmm. talking about the small lies, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, Blanca, you you had us laughing, and I bet you everyone who will be listening to this podcast, if you're listening, I know that most people here are laughing at Blanca, and, and everyone's like, "What?" I bet you everyone is listening. Like, oh my God, Blanca has just like, exploded my mind. I never thought about this. I have to know more about her. But uh, but yeah, but guys, everyone who's listening right now to this podcast episode, don't worry. This is not the last time you will hear Blanca on this podcast. We're definitely gonna have her again. She has. She's an expert, not only in line, but of course, body language, sales, management, training, like so much more that we can get into. But Blanca, do you have any last words for everyone who's listening right now? Mm -hmm. Any parting words about, about, I guess about the topic is lying today. About anything, um, about anything. Mm -hmm. 
attention. Really pay attention to the person that you're talking to. So many times people are always thinking about what they're going to say next that they're really not listening or paying attention to the person. When you pay attention to the person you're talking to, I mean really pay attention and not think about what you're going to say. You will gain so much nonverbal information that's going to guide the conversation, that's going to guide that interaction, is going to help you understand them better. And when you understand that person, then you're going to have a better relationship and a more favorable outcome to your conversation. That was really great. I really hope that everyone um, listens to what you've said on this podcast. You actually hit on a lot of uh, different topics and different ideas. Um, you said it in a very easy way. So people might have missed it, but guys, pay attention. She hit a, re a really a lot of good stuff in there. Um, thank you very much for joining us today, Blanca. We really enjoyed having you. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, one last thing. If your listeners want to send you all some questions, specific questions for next time I'm on the podcast, I'd be happy to answer them. That would be great. Yes. That would be great. Yes. Yeah, so let's, Blanca, at this podcast, let's definitely get on a, a call or We'll, we'll converse through email and we'll set up another date and then I'll, I'll, I'll ask some people on my platforms other questions that they could ask you. That's perfect. Or if they want to share a story, a scenario, something that's happened in their life, like a real situation, and then I can help. We could analyze it a little bit. Break it, break it down. I'll oh, show, man. show where the hot spots are. Yes, oh, let's great. Like yes. asking me questions like on this podcast and coming up with with these examples on the on the spot can be a little challenging, a little difficult. But a real situation that's happened to somebody that is a, that's a lot easier because it's already there. And so you work with the information that's there, and then I can break it down and help guide that person to what the next steps would be. And that's valuable. A hundred percent. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to be doing that for next time for next podcast. Blanca, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Guys, thank you guys so much for listening. So much. We really do. Please subscribe to our podcast and please follow Blanca. She's an amazing woman. So much knowledge. We really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. And of course, till next time.